to the pros. It's time for Beyond the Pond on the Fan. Here are your hosts, Pat Micheletti and Kevin Fulness. All week long, I can't wait for Beyond the Pond. Make my way to the St. Louis Park Studios. Know that I'm not only going to see Brett Blakemore, but I'm going to be able to hang out with my good buddy Pat Micheletti. But once again, for the second week in a row, and like the eighth time this season, I look across the way. Where are you today, sir? You've got to be happy about that. Hi, Kevin. Um, yeah, back to Sioux Falls this week. Last week, um, Chicago. This week, Sioux Falls. But, but, Kevin, I think, at least as of right now, <clears throat> I will be in studio next Saturday. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to get here extra early so I can celebrate did you the get, whole day. Did you make it on time? I was on time. You know what? In fact, I got a chance to talk to Trent Tucker about uh, his high school, not high school, his youth hockey tournaments that they got going on. He's got well, both teams won in stunning fashion. I don't know how much they got into it in uh, whatever the in the zone show was. I doubt that they talked about it in yeah, great pr- detail. Probably not very much. But he gave right? me the full rundown. One team rallied from a 4-1 deficit and won like 10-5. to The other one won in a shootout. And there should be no shootouts in the playoffs, period. But there was in his peewee team. And uh, Trent Tucker is uh, living the life, man. Where this time of year, it's, hey, it's hot and heavy. And and I'll say it again, and, and don't take it the wrong way. And you know, you're not on the block, but and I and I think it came from Sinekin. <laughs> I think he wants he wants to, he wants to make a trade. There's no way Dave Sinekin wants to make a trade. He loves Trent Tucker, and there's no way it would not be a fair trade to trade Trent Tucker for Kevin Falness. What a horrible <laughs> trade! There's no way that would escape uh, Dave Sinekin's lips. No way. Well, I know I had to throw in um, I had to throw in coffee every Saturday yeah, morning and a bag of rocks. Uh, doubtful for sure. Uh, boy, w- what a time to be alive! And we've got an action-packed show. I did leave time open for phone lines because I want to get folks on the line. 800-320-5326. You can also text 64686. And I say that not only because we can talk about what's going on in college hockey, what's going on with the Minnesota Wild and the National Hockey League, and there will be plenty of that talk today as well. But I look at the section finals going on in boys' high school hockey action. The Girls' State Tournament is reaching its apex today. Fantastic hockey down at XL Energy Center. I want to know where folks are going. Where are you going to go watch these games? What are you looking for? Who are you excited about? This will be an awesome time, Patrick, because we're just a couple of weeks now away from the Boys' State High School Hockey Tournament. But there's section semifinals across the state, and this is going to be a fantastic day in high school hockey. You know, and if you ask people, and everyone has their opinion, some people, Kevin, actually enjoy the sections more than the state tournament yeah. itself yep. at times. Yep. Um, you know, those section final games are, you know, they're 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 in smaller venues, and it's it's sold. They're all sold out, and you know, you just, you know, you've got two great teams playing against each other. Either one could. You know, could could be a great representative of their section, and um, they're just they're they're wonderful uh, wonderful games to 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 attend. I did drop a note to Halvey uh, to see if he could drop in and give us kind of an update. What's going to happen today at Aldrich Arena? I haven't heard from him, so either he's sleeping in or he's watching Sunshine Factory somewhere on the road. I don't know. What- it- 
is he reviving the horn for the section <laughs> finals? He should because the four double A section semifinals should be great. They've got action going all day at Aldridge Arena, including not only East Ridge against Hill Murray at eleven, but Roseville against White Bear Lake at one thirty, and then the games this this evening as well: Moundsview against Stillwater, Woodbury against Gentry. I mean, they got four action packed games there at Aldridge. I, I guess it's quarterfinals in, in that action. Yeah, he he really should, to, to be perfectly honest with you. And you know, he um he he lives for for that section uh when when White Bear is playing in it, that's for sure. Uh in six double A Holy Angels takes on Wyzetta at noon, Benote St. Margaret against Edina. Both of those games will be at the big. So that's uh, certainly in double A, those are two of the big sections going on. In seven A, do you know where I'm going with this one at Amsoil Arena right. tonight? Uh, I, I'm, I'm seven, eight. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it's the Hibbing Blue Jackets. It is Hibbing slash Chisholm against Cloquet slash Esco slash Carlton. So <laughs> and the, the nightcap at Amsoil Arena, that should be pretty cool. Well, you know, um, the people that I've uh, talked to back in Hibbing, uh, have told me that they're going to see a, a nice bump here. You know, starting this year, I don't know if they'll make it this year. I don't know how, how deep they are. I don't know any of the players on that team. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, they're, they're Bantams, they're Peewees. They have a good, uh, crop of kids coming up, which is, um, it's been a long, 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 long time, um, since Hibbing's, um, had a, a team that is, um, you know, has a, has a crack at making it to state. So. Uh, good for them and, and good for the Iron Range. Phones are already lining up, 800-320-5326. Get us juiced up for the, the high school action today, whether it's on the boys' side, whether it's on the girls' side. Bottom of the hour, I'm going to introduce you to the guy that runs Follow the Puck. I don't know him either. I know him via text messages, uh, via direct yep. messages, but they do a great job on that website. And they're right there in the belly of the beast at XL Energy Center, and they're keeping track of everything going on in the section tournament uh, across the straight on uh, across the state on the boys' side. So we'll check in with Follow the Puck at 1035. At 11 o'clock, Frank Saravalli is going to join. Uh, he runs this website called Daily Faceoff, and he's one of the elite insiders in the National Hockey League. You can have your drivers. Yeah, he likes to get controversial. So He does. Which is, which is great. Which right? I know you and, like as um, well. Yeah. yeah I, I, it, it's, it's, um, uh, Frank's an interesting read, and he's a, you know, and when you listen to him and you know, he, he's pretty dialed in at what's going on in the National Hockey League. So, you know, we're getting to that point where, you know, uh, the, the trade deadline is upon us. And so, um, you know, I'm sure he'll have some good stuff for us. And I'm sure we'll also talk about the Minnesota Wild at length, not only with him, but throughout the course of this show, because Patrick, they're back within two points of the top eight in the West. Are you a believer yet? Uh, I'm a believer with every team in the National Hockey Not League what I asked. until until they are mathematically eliminated. Okay, well, but you said they did Is not have fair? a shot. No, that's not fair because two weeks ago you Why? said they do not have a shot. There's too many teams to climb over, and it's just impossible for them to get it done. I say it's not impossible. It very well could and might happen. I don't know that it will. I hope it does, but I still think there's hope, and especially now – Considering the tear they're on, Patrick, 5-1-1 one, and one in their last seven games. No, 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight. Uh, I think hope has been restored here across the state of hockey. But I'm wondering if it has been with you. I watched the third period last night, Kevin. Yeah. And, and I, and I do think your, your Western Conference 
um, representative will be the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, but the bottom line is, at the end of the season, when they see that Minnesota beat Edmonton, they'll say they won't remember how they did it. They'll just remember that they did it and got the two points. And ultimately, that's all that matters. Yeah. They got the two points last night, pulled within two points of a playoff spot. Still a lot of work to go. Big game tonight in Seattle, and um, hopefully they will keep it going. 8.45 pregame puck drops just after 9 o'clock right here on FM 100.3. Oh, good, good. My game will be over with. Good. You'll be able to check that out. I was talking to Brett Blakemore. He went to bed last night during the second period because you had to get up early today. He's a young man. 4.45 wake-up call. In his mid-20s, and he has to get his sleep. I've never heard anything so preposterous. Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to call him JoJo today. You know, I'm going to scrap Jack. I'm going to start calling him JoJo again. I would give anything to be that age. Who is JoJo, by the way? I know who JoJo is. At least I believed in Jack. I never really believed in JoJo. No. Well, (laughs) JoJo had an assist last night. Does that change your opinion? First time in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, you know. You know know what's really funny? you You know, via Twitter and via... You know, and everyone has their opinion, and 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 that's great. And and you know, maybe they're maybe they're one hundred percent correct. But when some people say that um, Johansson should not be in the top six on on this team, yeah, I counter, I counter, Kevin. Okay, okay, take him off, but tell me who you're going to put in your top six exactly. That's that's currently in your bottom six. I, I can't believe we're arguing the same side of this because that would be my position, and that was my position with Oleski last there? night. I agree. I, and what are you going to do? They're they're calling for Adam Beckman. Beck, Beckman will get his shot here on on this team at some point, probably before the end of the regular season. But you're you hope he doesn't get his shot at the by on exactly. this team by the end of the year because if he gets a shot on on this team at the end of the year, that means they have, they won't they're out of the playoffs. Right. Right. I just, yeah. Everybody calm down. Things are going to work their way out. And I, I, the, the people, the detractors for Johansson, I get it. If you want to throw stats at me, that's fine. But this first line has been carrying this team for so long. And especially the way they came out of the All Star break, it's been ridiculous. Last night it happened again. And not only that, last night, Patrick, they got goaltending. That's a huge difference maker, too. Did they ever get goaltending? 41 saves, Kevin. Am I correct on that? And 23 in the third period. Okay, um, and and Matt Boldy is um, he's taken the challenge to heart, and uh, I I don't you know I don't know if it was John Hines I don't know what it was, um, but the bottom line the bottom line um, is that he's playing possessed, and if he can continue that, and that then that top line can keep playing the way they're playing. Jewel Erickson Eck is I you know I I tell you what. Um, he and we're not even talking about Kaprizov yet, right? No, right. Uh, I, you know, I bring up Eck and and uh, and Boldy. You know, and the whole line has has been just uh, just terrific. Eck actually had a goal waved off in the first period. Would have been his twenty ninth of the season, and. I say this with complete reverence because when I've watched every game of Minnesota Wild history going back to the year 2000, there's one number that hangs in the rafters other than number one. But you got the number nine from Miko Koivu. And if number nine is hanging in the rafters, 
14 should follow here in pretty quick order. Whenever his career ends in 10, 15, 20 years, uh, to me, the next number that should be retired in the history of the Minnesota Wild, if it keeps going on this trajectory, is number 14. Because I loved Miko Cuevu, but Jewel Erickson Eck is a well-rounded player. And he's, I, how would you compare Eck to what Cuevu was for Minnesota? Well, you know, I mean, like like a lot of people, Kevin, I thought his career was over after three years. I, I, I didn't see a path for him to become the player that he was. You know, silly me, and boy, was I wrong. Um, he, you know, he, he turned the corner, what, in his fourth season? I don't know what it was, what, you know, to be exact, but, um, he's just, he's been phenomenal. And he just plays with the, with, um, you know, with a quiet confidence, with a, I don't even know how to explain it, but, you know, in every situation, you know, you wish you didn't have to take him off the ice. Yeah. To be, to be quite honest, because, you know, he's, he's great defensively. Um, he, he knows his way around the net. Uh, and he's an agitator. Um, and he, and he keeps his composure. Uh, you know, which, which for anybody who's ever been in a, in a scrap, in a battle, um, you know, you want to keep going, and he just gives a little poke, smiles, and irritates the you know what out of people, <laughs> and and they can't do anything about it. And so, um, he he just has that way about him, and and uh, you know he's you know there there's no doubt in my mind he's the MVP of this team. I mean, not and not even not even close really. I mean, he's been that good for this team. Yep, for sure. There, there's no doubt Kaprizov is the most talented, but the most irreplaceable. Jules Erickson, I could prove uh, out that way even last spring when uh, they lost him to that broken leg, took that Evgeny Malkin slap shot to the side of his leg, broke his leg, and he was unavailable for the playoffs. And that was uh, probably a dagger, and I think we all saw it coming, and it proved out that way uh, in the uh, postseason. Real quick, let's jump to the phone lines before we take that first break and go to Eric in St. Paul. Good morning, Eric. Welcome to Beyond the Pond. Thanks, guys. Exciting time of year, as usual. Yeah, for sure. This <laughs> yeah. is great. Yeah, um, that uh, Section 2 and 6 are going to be a meat grinder. I mean, the top six teams are in the, those two sections, so that's going to be quite the deal. Uh, I saw a game last night. I saw a plucky South St. Paul Packers, uh, six-seed knockoff number three. Uh, so that was a good game. Uh, my dad's alma mater. Um I did want to bring up, this is the state of hockey. I'm talking to a guy from Southwest Christian. They got two Richfield kids on the team, so, you know, they don't have much for numbers. Johnson, barely enough kids this year. Um, I'd like to see an initiative. I think we can do better. Let's get young kids in the inner cities, some skates when they're little kids, and let's watch this state of hockey thing turn into a big thing because um, there's families have moved away and there's kids there now and it's like well, let's introduce them to hockey yeah you know it doesn't need to be it's still a very white game if you will and i'd like to see more cultures involved in hockey and different neighborhoods have changed and um let's you know let's get those kids into hockey and and you know we could have charitable donations um you know cargill and these big companies could donate money and for skates and equipment and and um 
you know, we could get kids playing and it would be tax deductible and, you know, maybe the wild could get involved with uh, Bauer and some of the manufacturers and get things at cost. And, I promise you, Eric, um, there's people that can talk at greater length and in greater detail about it. But Dynamite is one example where I know the wild are yep. very much involved in. There is projects going on in the inner city, in Minneapolis, in St. Paul to get kids involved at, at, at the grassroots level. So I, I don't think they're going ignored. And if you want it, you can go out and find it. But I, I know that there are programs out there. Again, there are people out there that can speak in much greater detail than I can. Well, you know, and, and Joe, Joe Dietzik has, yep, Joe Dietzik has revived that, that, uh, you know, what used to be Edison. Now, I think, what are they called? Minneapolis. Yeah. Something like uh, that. Yeah. You, yeah, can, my you can, they, they made, they made the state team. tournament, but, but guys like Joe Dietzik, I, I, you know, hats off to him for, you know, trying to keep it alive. And, and he's done a great job of keeping it alive. And, and let's not forget, um, you know, and, 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 and you're right, you, you know, the Minneapolis City Conference used to be one of the most difficult conferences in the state with Roosevelt, Washburn, Minneapolis Southwest, uh, Edison. Uh, there, there just used to be, you know, and some really, really good players, uh, that, that came out of, uh, Minneapolis, you know, Rick Erdahl, Tom Chorsky, uh, you know, uh, both great players that, that, that came out of Minneapolis. And you can go back even further. And so, you know, I, I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see it, uh, rebound and, and get more kids playing for sure. What else you got, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. That, I, the guy from Southwest Christian, he actually lives in Bloomington. And I mean, Kennedy and Jefferson are, are not doing super great now. And I mean, you know, they used to make the state tournament and, yep. um, if people want to catch like that Hibbing game, I mean, it's the WKLK radio, or if you do the WDIO um, thing where you get a subscription, you can actually watch video of those uh, seven games up there in Amsoil. Go, go Blue Jackets. <laughs> right yes, on. Go Blue Jackets. All right, Eric, anything <laughs> else, buddy? I think we're good, and I'll try to get in next week. I, it's been hard to get in with my work schedule on yeah. Saturdays and stuff, but uh, we'll make it we'll happen. Following here, time out your break. We're right. ten to noon every every Saturday, so figure it out because we we have to hear it from you. Okay. Thanks, right Eric. Do. There you go, Eric in St. Paul. Yeah, he was talking about the two double A that's going on at Braemar this afternoon. Eden Prairie against Minnetonka at three o'clock, followed by Shakopee and Chanhassen at seven. So that's a good example of a semifinal section hockey happening on the boys' side. If you're going on your way to an arena somewhere, somehow at some point today, I want to hear about it. I think Pat wants to hear about it. Who you're excited for? What are you going to go see? And uh, it should be a good opportunity to talk about anything in the world of hockey, but especially boys high school hockey going at a fever pitch here throughout the course of the day. Let's squeeze in a break. I've already got Denny on hold. Paul in St. Paul's on hold as well. We want to squeeze in Brett Blakemore's breakaways. And then at the bottom of the hour, we got Follow the Puck joining us from followthepuck.com. Give us an update on what they've seen on the boys high school tournament and the girls state tournament in St. Paul. Lots of action coming your way on a Saturday morning. The Fan. Patrick on the text line 64686 from this one I'll be serving as an official in Elk River for Maple Grove, Champlin Park and then heading to Aldrich to watch the section quarterfinal games this afternoon great time to be a hockey fan even better if you're an official but it's followed by a couple of question marks uh, the officials sometimes get abused hopefully not today, no. everybody's got good sportsmanship right Patrick? Yeah. Um, 
to, to be quite honest and fair or not fair, uh, especially in college hockey. Well, even in the pros and I haven't, I haven't seen much on the high school front, but, um, it's been a tough year for the officials. And again, right or wrong, fair, not fair. I, you know, it's just, maybe it's just, you know, gotten to the point where, you know, it's, it's just easy to, easy to blame them all the time. It's a very, very difficult job. Um, I applaud their work. I could never do it. Yeah. And so, you know, I try to stay away from uh, any type of uh, abuse, and I hope uh, I hope other people do too. Without a doubt, I'm I'm watching on a much lower level. Bantams, I'm watching Pee Wee's, and every time I see a parent go after the refs, whether they're on my team, whether they're not, whether the call was obvious or whether it wasn't, I sit on my hands every single time. There's no way I'm going after the refs because I, I promise you. I couldn't do it. I don't want to do it. And I, I applaud those that can get it done because it's a, a huge part of everyone's, uh, you know, the part of yeah. the, uh, the experience. And, and, and little do they know the kids don't like, you know, the kids don't like their parents yelling at, at the refs. No. They get embarrassed. Yeah. Um, you know, and everyone knows it and everyone sees it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's about being, uh, mature and a leader and enjoying and just enjoy your kids. Enjoy watching them. Um, you know, that, that's the best part of anything is, you know, take the winning and losing, you know, the, the parents aren't going to get anything out of a, a win or a loss. Right. Yeah, right. Um, it, it's just, it, it's for, it's for the kids. So just enjoy them, Paul. love them and, and support them. Paul in St. Paul. Uh, I'm okay. off my soapbox. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Paul in St. Paul, let's squeeze in before we get to a break. Denny, I promise we haven't forgot about you. We've also got Follow the Puck coming up at the bottom of the hour. Before we get to the top of the hour, we're going to squeeze in Brett Blakemore's breakaways. But we got an opportunity here to go back to the phone lines, and let's check in with Paul. Good morning, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. What's up? You bet. Hey, just giving a call, just regarding the previous caller and the grassroots effort in the inner cities, I'm calling from an organization called Friends of St. Paul Hockey. Uh, we're a nonprofit. We raise funds for the remaining associations in St. Paul as well as the individual scholarships. Just kind of want to get a plug out there. We do different fundraisers. We do a golf tournament in the summer. Uh, there's, a, there's an event before the state high school hockey tournament down at Bennett's, a breakfast before the Thursday a.m. session. Um, come on down, support the group, and some of those proceeds come to our organization. And we are doing just that, is getting those funds out to uh, the, the, the people that are in need and the organizations that are in need. Uh, what's, what's your website, Paul? If you, if you wanted to get that information out there and people wanted to help out and get involved, how would they do it? Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's friendsofstatepaulhockey.org. Okay. Thanks, Paul. All Thanks right. for and, and Paul, Paul, make sure you invite yeah. Kevin and I to play in it. Because we'd love to support it, the golf tournament. I right, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You bet. Thank you, Paul. Let's squeeze in Denny. Denny is uh, always patient. He's checking in uh, for his weekly appearance. Denny, welcome to Beyond the Pond. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good today, guys. I got uh, a couple of things uh, that I want to bring up. First and foremost, our first line of Kaprizov, Ek, and Bolig. Could be the very first time in the NHL for three stars a week where the entire line will get the three stars. With one game remaining today against uh, the Kraken, we have uh, Kaprizov has nine points, Eck has eight points, and Boldy has six points. With one game remaining, 
And to, just to give you a comparable, last week, Austin Matthews had eight points. Bedard had 10 points, and Tuchuk had eight points for the three stars of the week. L- listen to this. So this could be the very... Here's a stat line for you, huh? Danny. Prior to the game in Winnipeg, that line, Boldy, Kaprizov, and Jules Eriksson had combined for 35 points in five games. Hey, can I chime oh, I in know. for a second? Yes, please do. Can, Danny? Danny? Um, yeah. Am I starting to see you turn a little bit on this wild team? I think you both are. Well, I'll tell you what. They give us a teaser... Every other game. <laughs> a teaser. I, I'm just, I'm not accusing Denny. I'm just thinking, huh, is this, is this an imposter, Denny? Or is it, oh, no. or is it the real Denny and he's hey, just. The Wild only have to lose seven more games before they're out of it. Just okay. think of it that way. Man, what, what, come on, Denny. The, now, they're eight, six, one, and one in their last eight, and they're nine, three, and one in their last 13. They've climbed within two points of the final wild card spot in the West. So, how can't you look yeah, at a what, glass half full? Yeah, are going to lose the Kraken. Well, last night they won in Edmonton. Hey, Kevin. Literally, if this week they beat the best team in hockey. They, they took down the Vancouver Canucks. Kevin, Kevin, if the number one line, um, doesn't perform like they do every night. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna side with Danny. Okay. Well, if my grandma had different plumbing, she'd be my no, grandma. No, 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 I, no, I, no, 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 no. Gra- Don't talk about your grandma that way, Kevin. <laughs> Don't talk about your grandma that way. <laughs> but, <laughs> what ifs and can bees? What I, that doesn't do me anything. But if they do continue to play like they've been playing, they have an opportunity. I, I get it. The top, the bottom six has not been very good. But by the way, they're missing Marcus Foligno. They're missing uh, Pat Maroon. Not that they're you know world beaters, but they're not in their bottom six right now. So yeah, the top line is carrying the load, and God bless him for it. I want to Continue, talk about Denny. is our second line. Okay. Now, uh, Johansson has never Denny. seen a game in my six years of hockey where he had zeros across the board. No shots, no hits, no takeaways, no giveaways. How does he stay in the second line? I would put Sean in the second and bench Joe. Johansson. Would you put Johansson? Would you really would, Danny? Would you put Sean? He's got a guy who's coming off his fourth ACL. He's played five, what, five, six games, and you're going to put him in your top six. That's what you want to do. A guy who's made his living on the fourth line, by the way. Yeah, he can't do any worse than Johansson. Oh, are you (laughs) sure about that? Well, you know, when you get zeros across the board in a hockey game, he had an assist what has he done for you? Absolutely nothing. He had an assist last he, night. He I know that's not one shot a game. <laughs> yeah. You have to put somebody up there to give Rossi help. Rossi? Rossi's playing with Lucchini and, uh, and Lucchini. Yeah. And that's been a pretty good line for uh, John Hines and the Minnesota Wild. I don't think they're breaking that up today. Anyway. Well. Damn. We got to go, Denny. Thank you, as always, for your contributions. Good to hear you're doing well. I hope you're, you're feeling well, well Denny. Mm-hmm. I hope you're feeling well. Well, thank you, guys, and I'll talk to you next Saturday. Can't wait. Oh, be on the pot, or, uh, Wild Fan Line later on this week, Thursday, I do believe. So hopefully we'll really? see you then. Yep, I know you didn't know, know it, but yes. <laughs> Thursday after the Wild and Predators. Thursday. All right. Yes, you will. Denny and Prior Lake with his weekly contributions. We got to scramble off to break, Patrick, and then I'm going to introduce you to the guy that runs Follow the Puck. How's that sound? 
Sounds great. Thanks. All right, more high school hockey chatter on the fan. We've been talking all morning about the fun that is this time of year. And for this region, you don't need an introduction to how great high school hockey action is. You got the girls tournament happening at the XL Energy Center. Section semifinals, for the most part, happening across the state. And a guy that's uh, chronicling all of it for Follow the Puck and FollowThePuck.com is by a, a, a guy by the name of Patrick it's on the line now. Patrick, I'm Kevin Faulness. That's Pat Nicoletti. Welcome to be on the Pond. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. All right, so I know Pat's going to have a ton of questions about the the tournaments and everything that's going on on both levels. But first, let's take take us behind the scenes on how you got involved on Follow the Puck and what it takes to keep this website running. Because you guys, it feels like you're everywhere and anywhere on any given night. So a gentleman by the name of Doug actually started Follow the Puck years ago. And I believe it was 2019 I want to say he uh, was getting burnt out and I got connected with him and I wanted to keep the tradition going just for the kids more or less. And we worked out an arrangement where he would hand it off to me and I would continue the brand that he was building. Um, It's definitely a labor of love and very uh, time consuming, but the gist of follow the puck for those of you that don't know, We just want to put kids on the map, put kids on the radar that maybe are the outstate kids. Um, Everybody knows the Edinas and the Minnetonkas and the Hill Murrays, and and they're great hockey players, but there are also great hockey players in outstate that we like to uh, get on people's radars, so... And we're doing it for the kids. It's it's, It has to be a labor of love. It's phenomenal work. I mean, obviously, I follow you guys and um you know you, you do phenomenal work from from top to bottom and uh i commend you for keeping it keeping it alive because you know there's a lot of people like myself out there you know who, who need information who want information and want to know about you know a kid who's uh playing in la crescent or you know albert lee or wherever and uh and it, it it's um i, I thoroughly enjoyed it Yes, it's, I appreciate that, and it, it is, like I said, it is time-consuming. As Kevin knows, with kids and youth hockey, it's it's hard to find time for everything, but we are, you know, continuing to do the best we can, and I do have, you know, people that will help uh, behind the scenes that, you know, if they're at games or whatever. Um, we have jumped heavy into video this year, so... You know, if you don't if you don't follow the Instagram for follow the puck, jump over there. That's seen tremendous uh, growth this season with all the video clips we've put together, and Kevin's helped a little bit with some voiceover stuff too. So that's been awesome. So thank so you for that. Let, let me ask you how how I mean, explain to the people how this all works. I mean, how you obtain and you know all of this information and 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 put it out there. So it's. A little bit of everything, um, crowdsource stuff. Um, you know, I, I know people are going to games and they'll reach out and they'll say, Hey, going to this game, do you want updates? Do you want information? Do you want a video clip from, you know, from the game? Um, and I do have, I do have some local people that for me. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the time to go to very many high school right. games 
so it's it's a lot of a lot of help. I'm not going to lie. It's it's been awesome. People are great, um, and you know, especially in outstate Minnesota, fans love to see their high school team get featured on yeah. Instagram or wherever. So, and we love doing it. It's it it's fun to do, and love to see the reaction that people get. I mean, we did a we did a game in Hutchinson, Minnesota, uh, for uh, Dylan Falling, who had passed away a few years ago, and they play a game in his memory. So we went there and put together a little video, and Kevin helped us with the voiceovers and, you know, stuff like that. We we like to find a good story and, and roll with it and try to get that on people's radar as well. So, Well, well what about the biggest story in, in the state of Minnesota? The hibbing Blue Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe you were talking about the La Crescent game tonight. Yeah. Well, you know them. You got to give them some love too. But, but right, how about yeah. my blue jackets? Yeah, talk to me about my blue jackets. <laughs> what do you want to know? They're a uh, big game today. See if they can yeah. pull it off against Okay. It's it's uh, and like like one of your callers said earlier, it's available to be live streamed on WDIO, I believe. So if you can't make it up there. Yeah, live yeah, from again, it's, live it's, from it's Amsoil great. Arena. Great action happening up there, including Hibbing taking on Cloquet. That one's at eight o'clock. Um, my sources tell me you guys that followed the puck were at XL Energy Center probably throughout the week, but including yesterday for semifinal Friday. And you saw in Class A, Warroad advances to face off against Dodge County. In Double A, it'll be Edina against Hill Murray. That's coming up uh, later on today as uh, champions will be crowned on both the A and AA level. What did you think about the girls' tournament to this point, and who are you picking for this afternoon and this evening? So the girls' tournament's been great. What a good story Dodge County is this year, first time ever at the tournament, and they get a chance to uh, upset World. Uh, yep. I know World was, was the four seed. I don't, uh, on paper, I, I don't consider the World winning upset myself, but... Um, would be great to see Dodge County and their young squad pull it off, but I think I got to stick with Warroad on the three-peat. Yeah, looking for, a. looking for a three-peat. How about on the double-A level, Edina against Hill Murray? They'll square off at 7 o'clock for the double-A championship. Yep, so this will be a rematch from earlier this season where Hill Murray did beat Edina 2-1, uh, to one, but I am going with Edina on this one. I think um, they will pull it off tonight and be Class-A Class AA champion. It would be nice to see the Hornets get something uh, for their trophy case for a change. It's been a long time coming. The women, girls' side, the boys' side. They, you know what? They just need something to celebrate there in Edina. So good for them. Yeah, they they need to win it for Justin Guard. <laughs> there you Our go, good friend. <laughs> Guardsy. Uh, how about on the uh, on the uh, boys' side? Lots of action, especially. I, I know there's some quarterfinal action today, but most of it is semifinal action. What will you be watching? First of all, I know you've got a busy schedule with your own youth hockey, but are you going to be taking any any action today across the state somewhere, somehow? So, in person, personally, I will not be able to take in any varsity games, unfortunately. I've got uh, Pee Wee hockey playoffs. We've got Bantam hockey playoffs. Um, what city so, and what level? I, so, it's, it's Pee Wee's up yep. in Sartell. Bantam's are over in Monticello. For right. seeding for regions. So. All right. I, I, got, I got a peewee in Orono this evening, and as we speak, my Bantam is in action, and he's over taking on Minneapolis in the Hopkins Pavilion. And if you care, um, 
Will Piper put him up 1-0 early on in the first period. So I'm just keeping track, but I'm also listening to you talk about what's going on with your own youth stuff. And you'd rather be there, <laughs> I actually would rather be there. I, I have a commitment to you <laughs> and KFAN and the faithful listeners of Beyond the Pond. So I put the kid on the back burner, and I'll watch him tonight as well. But uh, uh, so I, I interrupted you. So what? What? even though you won't be there in person, what are some of the matchups that you'll be watching and keeping track of on the double-A and single-A side for boys hockey? So the the first one that I'm very curious to see how pans out will be Champlain Park, Maple Grove, up uh, Section 5. This Again, this is the rematch from earlier this season where Maple Grove did win 2-1, to one, but Champlain Park outshot him, I believe. So that could be a good game up that way. Um, unfortunately, will not be able to make it. Also looking forward to the Amzoil Arena, all the games up there have potential to be great. Um, Rock Ridge, their first season in AA, see what they can do with Grand Rapids. That's going to be interesting to see. I, I always pull for the underdog when I don't have a vested interest, so it, we'll, we'll see how they do. But, yeah, it's uh, semifinal Saturday is one of the better days in boys' high school hockey playoffs, and there's just potential to be great games all across the state. Um, one also I'm paying attention to is down in Rochester. La Crescent plays Dodge County, and, and Wyatt Farrell out of La Crescent, I believe he's just three goals shy of the all-time goal record here in Minnesota, so we'll see if he can pull that off in playoff game or not. But Shoot. wish we could be at 20 different places at once to watch this all go down. It's it's a great Great day, like I said. Patrick made the, the point that I know we're all waiting patiently for the Boys State High School Hockey Tournament in just a couple of weeks, and that'll be fun in St. Paul. But there's something to be said about the section tournaments as well, whether it's semifinals now, next weekend with the section finals. Uh, if you can make it to one of these buildings, you got to do it because that's sometimes even more fun than the trip to the XL Energy Center. Yes, 100% it is. And, you know, it's just a raw experience. These kids... You know, especially if they're seniors, most of them are not going to play another competitive game like this, and they're playing it because they love the game. And you know, wh- whether you win or lose, it is just a game. But at the moment, you know, in the moment, it means so much. And the winning team, you know, celebrates the losing team. The seniors are done, and it's just kind of a surreal experience to watch it all unfold. And a lot of life lessons to be learned in in a hockey game. So it's. Uh, it's a great day, and good luck to everybody playing. Enjoy the moment. Probably way too early to do this, and I love putting you on the spot because I can hold it over your head if and when you're wrong, but give me your pick to win both the Class A tournament and the Double A tournament. Who are going to be the champs, according to you, and follow the puck? Oh, Giving boy. blue jackets? <laughs> St. Louis, oh, wait, they got eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be a close one. I... <sighs> I think I got to go Hermantown, unfortunately, Class A. Oh. Um, You're not I hate to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you both saw the uh, box score, what they did to Fergus Falls uh, last week. It was like 14 to 0. They outshot them. International. Was it International Falls? Yes. Outshot them like 59 to 16 or something like that. I mean, that's just, it's, uh, that's egregious. It is. It's yes. unfortunate. We can't see a little more parity from top to bottom in some of these section games, but they have a machine up there and they, they, uh, they do win more than not. So. All right. Probably but a safe I'm, bet. And then who do you got for double A? I'm going 
Minnetonka to repeat. Tonka, the skippers, eh? What do you think, Patrick? Yeah. Hermantown and Minnetonka, those are your champs, according to Follow the Puck and followthepuck.com. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Hibbing and Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Oh, that's great. Well, before we let you go, uh, I got to ask you about that. You, you got that prospect game coming up each year on the Tuesday night before the boys' tournament starts. Uh, give us kind of a, a feel for what that's all about and what, what your hope is to accomplish by putting that thing on. Yeah, so for those of you that do not know, this will be the third year we kick off tournament week with what we call the prospect game. Uh, it'll be at uh, Anderson Arena, Brex Home Arena, March 5th, 8 o'clock. And this game, we we had talked about this with a buddy of mine for a couple of years, and there's so many kids that don't make the state tournament that are great hockey players that maybe want one more game with their buddies or with their rivals or whatever it is. So we, a couple of years ago, put this thing together. Um, if your team has been eliminated from playoffs, and you want to play one more game, we do not charge the kids an entry fee. It's, you know, it's free for them. And it's just a way for us to help maybe put somebody else on the map who's not, uh, you know, known to everybody. Um, unfortunately, we can only take 34 kids, I think, is where we limit it. And we had 150-plus apply to play last year, so it's it's too bad we have to pull or put a cap on it. But... Again, it's this whole concept of follow the puck is it's for the kids. It's it's you know it's to help get them known, get them on people's radars, and we don't um, we don't like to charge kids to play hockey. So it's it's a free thing to them and sign up at at the uh, prospect link, which we will put out there once the section finals are said and done, and then we whittle it down to the top thirty four kids and then invite them down to come to the rink and we put out a little we got rosters so everybody has a number and you can tell who is who and and uh just play good old-fashioned hockey and it's it's fun it's a good way to kick off the tournament week so if you're in that area march 5th eight o'clock stop by i highly suggest folks follow follow the puck i do i check out their website on an almost daily basis and certainly follow them on twitter uh if give us your information website Twitter, uh, or X, whatever we're calling it, Instagram, uh, your Tinder, wh- whatever else you want to get out there for folks to be able to follow you. Maybe keep your Tinder to yourself. <laughs> I love it. I'll keep that one to myself. But, yeah, it's just followthepuck.com, and all social media is just at followthepuck. All right, dude. Keep up the the good work. I know that it's yeah, not easy, work. and you got your Thank hands you full with the, the uh, with the little guys at home. But it it is. I, I, Patrick and I both uh, follow your work a lot, and it's a, a, a great. It, I, you're doing the Lord's work because I know it's not easy. It's probably not incredibly lucrative, but still, it's a uh, it's it's something that I think most people really do appreciate it. So, thank you, Patrick, for all your hard work. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. There he is, Patrick Niska. Followthepuck.com on Twitter, on X, on Instagram. Check out all their hard work because they do. Uh, it, it's not easy, Patrick. It, it is if you want to keep oh track gosh. of everything going on around the state. And I look at what they do on there. They, they've got the box scores from from each uh, from the girls tournament right now. They've got it laid out as far as rankings and everything else for the boys section tournament. So it's a it's a good place. It's a good resource if you want to keep track of what's going on around the state. No doubt. I, you know what? I, I, it, it's, it, it, they do amazing work and, uh, you know, and, and thanks to Patrick again for keeping it alive and, and keep, keeping people informed. 
All right, why don't we do this? Let's take a break a little bit early because we got Frank Saravalli coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Daily Faceoff, dailyfaceoff.com. Um, give us your preview of what you think of when you think of Frank Saravalli. Well, you know, he's, uh, he's controversial. He's not, he's not afraid to speak his mind. He's got good sources and, um, he breaks a lot of stories. So, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what he has to say, uh, about the upcoming trade deadline and who potentially may be moved. Will this team make any moves? Something we don't know about. Um, and so it'll be, uh, should be good stuff. Frank Saravalli's next. They bought the fan. Went some time and space, carries ahead, played it to Johansson, who just tipped it a bit further. Hartman muscling, out muscling his man, got it in front, Boldy scores! Oh my goodness. What a play by Hartman to win a battle, and Boldy blistered one into an empty net. And the Wild, just like that, have a 3-1 lead in Edmonton. Hartman with the four check, drags everyone to him, sends it to the circles. Matt Boldy there for the eventual game winner. Wild double up the Edmonton Oilers 4-2 last night at Rogers Place. And just like that, Wild 6-1-1 in their last eight. And even Pat Micheletti now a believer in the Wild playoff chances as they scramble into the top eight. Just two points back. A sense of reason there, Patrick. Yep, as long as they're um, um, still mat- mathematically alive, um, I'm... I'm- I'm sticking with that, Kevin. All that's right. as far as I'll go. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's a start. And I'm to tell us more. Let's go the Coyotes, right? They are, I guess, for now. Okay. To tell us Thank more you. about why the Wild have a real good chance of scrambling into the top eight, Frank Saravalli joins us now from Daily Faceoff, dailyfaceoff.com. Frank, that's Pat McLeddy. I'm Kevin Falness. Thanks for taking time on what I'm sure is a busy Saturday morning. Help me, Frank. Yeah, good Help to be with me. you guys. How's everything going? It's good here. We'll get to the NHL and everything that's going on with the Wild and, and, and this league that you cover. But I know you're also a dad, and you've got your own youth hockey. We were talking a lot about the section finals going on here around the state of hockey on on the boys' side. The girls' hockey tournaments happening in St. Paul. You've got to you know all about what this youth hockey schedule is about, don't you? Yeah, in a certainly scaled down version here in the Philadelphia area, but certainly jealous of what you guys have going on in in Minnesota and yeah, our playoffs wrapped up last weekend. So finally got a free Saturday to join you guys and happy to do it. Well, it's, it's great to have you. Um, we might as well start off with this Minnesota wild team. That's been rolling, stubbed their toe in Winnipeg earlier this week, but as mentioned, six, one and one in their last eight overall, two points back of the top eight. Now heading into the final 25 games or whatever's left. Uh, what do you make of this Minnesota wild team? That's resurrected their season like three times this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe that shouldn't be a surprise given how incredibly streaky they were last year, too. I mean, there were some serious ups and downs on that roller coaster. But this year, I mean, I feel like it's not even so much themselves getting in their own way. It's really been injury-related. You take out some of the injuries that this team has had, and it wasn't just missing you know, any number of players for any period of time. It was missing like six of the most critical pieces that are the core of this team for a significant chunk of time. And I think they've played really going back to late November really pretty well under John Hines. They've certainly responded to him. And, uh, you know, I I think I'm going to make, I know Pat might not be the biggest believer based on what I just heard him say, but 
I'm going to say now I think the Wild are the favorites. I think they're in the driver's seat to be the eighth seed. And here's the thing. This is what makes it exciting is if the Wild do get in, by nature and by statistics, they will have had to have played really well down the stretch. Where it gets more interesting is are the Wild potentially a legitimate live underdog in round one when you know anything can happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I wouldn't count them out yet. In the driver's seat, says Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff and DailyFaceoff.com. Patrick, your rebuttal. Well, no, I, you know, listen, uh, again, Kevin, I, I, you know, I certainly hope they do make it. I, I think they're just too thin. Um, you know, it, it, the, the top line has been fabulous, uh, probably one of the best in the league right now. Um, but can they, can they continue that? I don't think they have the depth. Uh, to do it, uh, you know, if you watch last night's game, uh, you know, the, the third period alone, it was, it was men against boys, but yet the, the wild win the period. So, uh, you know, point being good for them, good, good to get the two points. And, you know, they feel good about themselves. And, you know, the, the, the question will be, can they maintain it and, uh, and climb over the teams that they have to climb over, which is not, Frank, as you know, easy to do in this league. Well, I, I would say what the Wild have going for them, and, and I do hear you on how thin I think at times this lineup can be, and not just up front, but also specifically on the back end as well. Uh, and they've ha- you know gotten some incredible work done this season with Brock Faber you know, helping pick up the slack on the back end. But when I look at the standings, I'm looking at St. Louis, Nashville, maybe Seattle, definitely Calgary and Arizona, those are all teams that could potentially be selling off pieces. Like, I've had Doug Armstrong from St. Louis and Barry Trotz from Nashville as guests on my show throughout the season, and they've been really clear, open, and honest in terms of their thought process that they are retooling. They're they're not expecting to be competitive. So if someone comes along in these next 13 days before the deadline – they're going to be selling off pieces. I'm not convinced that the Wild are going to do that. First off, it's not really in Bill Guerin's I don't think DNA. they can. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and two would be that when you, you look at it, there's not really much to sell off, to your point. Right. So that that's really where I get to this team, even though they're not in the eighth seed right now, being in the driver's seat is that teams around them are probably going to take a different approach. And if they can, move some pieces that I think the Wild should only continue to get stronger. You know, and here's the deal. The the thought process on on the teams that you mentioned, and, and I'll even throw the Wild in there, is that it's really, they could change their, their whole mindset day to day. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, for example... Uh, Minnesota gets no help the other night. All the teams ahead of them win. And then last night, Minnesota goes out and beats Edmonton. So, um, you know, you, you pull within two, you drop back four. Um, you know, so I, I think a lot of these teams, Frank, are like, what do we do? You know, do, do, do we try to add a piece to, to get us over the hump and into the playoffs? Or, you know, do we look towards next year or the following year. So I, I think a lot of these these general managers right now are trying to figure out what the heck to do. I think you're right, but I think part of it is you've got to keep the long view in mind, right? 
Right. And when you look at St. Louis and you look at Nashville, like those were two teams that for much of the last decade were certainly really competitive. And you go through these natural cyclical processes in the salary cap era where, you, you know, it can't be your year every year that I'd be very surprised if either one of those two teams goes out and adds. I don't think the Wild will be big on, on spending in terms of adding uh, and moving out assets to do so. That's not going to be in their game plan or nature. But when I look at this team now, like, they, their goal and their, their mission and mandate every year is, is to be successful and, and to try and win a Stanley Cup. Now, I understand where they're at um, right now. And look, there's a reason why they made a coaching change in late November, as hard as that was for Bill Guerin to do. And that, that signaled to me that they're not waving the white flag on the season. And now that they've gotten a bit healthier, now that they've played with more consistency, I, I don't know. I, I'd be looking around at the rest of the standings and just talking about the teams that are right there in front of them. No one would really be scaring me from that group. Could not agree more. And it's almost like you, you took the words right out of my mouth because that's what I've been saying for uh, the last couple of weeks. We're talking to Frank Zeravali. You want to follow him on Twitter, on X, you can, at Frank underscore Zeravali, S-E-R, A-V-A-L-L-I. And if you're a fan of the National Hockey League, this is a guy that should be right at the top of your follows on that platform. You can also find them online at dailyfaceoff.com. I was reading your fine work there, and whether it is via X, whether it's via your website, and you got the trade targets out there. And the Wild played a team last night in the Edmonton Oilers. We know how offensively gifted they are. They've also got some good pieces there on the back end. But I think if I'm an Oilers fan today, I am really upset about what's going on in the goaltending department. And it's been said for many years there with the Oilers, could they just get a goaltender to bail them out? What's it look like? What are you hearing about the Oilers? I'd have to think that's at the top of their wish list. Get someone they can count on in goal for the playoffs. It, in fairness, I, I think it's actually probably pretty far down the priority list. I mean, if you take a larger view of their, you know, the work that Stuart Skinner has put in this season, it's really been pretty impressive for the last number of months. Um, I have it pulled up here just going back to the time that they made their coaching change, since I think that's an appropriate, um, you know, sort of, marker designation for both the wild and the Oilers this year, Stuart Skinner, 24, seven and one with a nine fifteen save percentage. Mm. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. Yep. And nope. I think they're looking at um, the way that Cal Pickard has surprisingly answered the bell um, and really hasn't given any reason to not trust him as the backup that they feel pretty set. And then if everything goes haywire if you get to the playoffs and all of a sudden Stuart Skinner, you know, can't find himself like he did last year, well, if need be, break glass in case of emergency, you've got Jack Campbell playing in the AHL that you could always call upon. So they're looking for top six winger help. Um, they want to add more firepower to this deadly offense. And then their second priority, I think, would be to try and add a defenseman. So uh, more of the depth variety. I know that they've been... You know, one of the teams that's kept tabs on the prices for someone like Chris Tanev, but goaltending, you know, I, I, I Gustafson was ridiculous last night and um, it certainly played incredibly well, 
but I don't look at the goaltending as something that's a factor right now in Edmonton. All right, Frank, let me ask you this. Um, of, of all the so-called contenders, uh, and I'm, I'm talking Vegas, Edmonton, uh, you know, I'm talking the, the Rangers, I'm talking, you know, Toronto, you know, all, all the teams and, you know, there's obviously more, but of all the ones that we consider contenders, who do you think will make a splash or who needs to make a splash to put them over the top? I'm still waiting for the Colorado Avalanche to do something. You know, they've got, you want to talk about thin forward groups. They've got one of the best players in the world having an all-world season in Nathan McKinnon. And there really isn't a lot surrounding him. You take Valerie Nachushkin out of the lineup. You know, Landis Cog has been gone since they won the Stanley Cup. Both of those guys may be back at some point in the playoffs. I think Landis Cog is trending towards a return in May if they're playing that long. But they've got holes up front. Their second-line center experiment with Ryan Johansson hasn't worked out. And they really need a backup. Alexander Georgiev has played too much. They've acknowledged that right. publicly. Chris McFarland, their GM, has. Um, he was on track for 68 or 69 starts this year, which is a, you know it's unheard of in today's NHL. So they've got two pretty big needs to go out and accomplish in the next 13 days. And then, you know, it's still in that same contender group, Pat, I would say the Vegas Golden Knights. Like we know Kelly McCrimmon, their GM, loves the new shiny toy. Um, Anything that's available that's on the market and could help put that team over the top. They've been ultra aggressive in their pursuit of a Stanley Cup. They have one. Now they want a second one, and they think that this year's team – uh, this recent spleen injury to Mark Stone, notwithstanding, um, you know they'll get you know, hopefully get him back at some point, probably in the playoffs. That that would leave them nine and a half million dollars to spend on the cap, and for mm. a team that kind of kept their powder dry last year, only trading a second for Barbashev, they've got some picks and 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 prospects if they want to try and really go after it. And so I'd keep an eye out for those two teams in the West in particular. Where, where does Jake Genzel end up? I mean, uh, it, you know, obviously it looks like uh, Pittsburgh is going to move him. Um, you know, we've heard Edmonton. We've heard Vegas. Where do you think ultimately uh, he's going to end up? And is he going to be healthy? It, is he is he going to be healthy? What's You know, what's the injury look like uh, for Jake? I actually don't have specifics on what that injury looks like or the severity. Only a general notion of timeline, which would be, back on the ice playing games sometime in mid-March. Now, that's obviously about a week after the deadline, and some people have wondered, will that hurt Jake Gensel's trade market? Will it hurt the return that the Pittsburgh Penguins could get? I I don't see that being the case. Um, I think teams know enough about Jake Gensel to know that he's one of the true elite play-driving wingers in the game, north of a point per game in four of the last five seasons that he's played um, and you get not only the last full month of the regular season, but an entire playoff run. And that's if he's just a pure rental. Maybe you're a team mm-hmm. that has hopes to re-sign him. So um, I, in light of the Stone injury, knowing that the Golden Knights were pretty aggressive on the winger market already and making calls to try and add a winger, if I had to handicap the scenario right now, um, I would say the Vegas Golden Knights because they've got the assets to get it done. 
but I wouldn't sleep on the Pittsburgh Peng- or sorry, the Pittsburgh Penguins moving him to the New York Rangers. Chris Drury, I think, is going to be a guy that um, you know he's going to be in the mix as well for a team that's won nine straight, going for ten in a row this afternoon, which would be a franchise record. Um, they're in light of the Blake Wheeler injury that they've had. I know everyone's been looking for a third line center for New York, but. Think about some of the players that Chris, or Chris Drury has gone after over the last couple of deadlines. Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko. It gives you an indication of where he thinks some of the holes on his team are. And, you know, I, I think the Rangers are going to be in a prime position to add. You know, I listen to a lot of your podcasts. I read a lot of your stuff. And I think on one of your 84 podcasts this past week, you talked about Riley Smith ending up back in Vegas and making the move from Pittsburgh and them trading for him. If, if it didn't work out for Jay Gensel, uh, you guys made the, the point that that seems like a logical move. He was very successful there last year, and you bring him back, uh, it would feel like he'd w- work his way right back into the fold. Yeah, that would make sense. But at the same time, since they did have him on their roster last season, they couldn't have Pittsburgh retain half. And that's one thing that, you know, you begin to think about with Smith thinking, hey, um, you know, $5 million next season. This season, fine, you can afford it. But then you're back into, you know, cap casualty mode this summer, then trying to move him again and might not be worth the hassle. We look at the standings of Patrick and I have been talking a lot about the Western Conference and we keep forgetting about the Vancouver Canucks. Are you a believer in what Rick Tockett has cobbled together there in the Pacific Northwest? I am. Uh, I think he's done an incredible job. If he doesn't win the Jack Adams, with all due respect to John Tortorella and the work that he's done in Philly, uh, I'd be shocked because so few people had this Canucks team as a playoff team this year, let alone as one that would be leading the Western Conference right now and be challenging for the President's Trophy. Um, They've got a lot of the foundational pillars in place with their team uh, to be not just competitive now, but sustainable for the foreseeable future with Pedersen and Hughes and in net with Demko, who's been tremendous. Um, I like the additions that they've made. They've hit a bit of a rut right now for the first time really this season. And I love that he's, you know, he's got his finger right on the pulse. You know, few people, I think, understand the in and out, you know, day in and day out dynamics of a team like Rick Tockett does. And I think he's in a spot where um, this Canucks team, why why not them? Why can't they be a team that in this Western Conference, which I think is an absolute meat grinder, you've got six really good teams, two of them guaranteed to lose in the first round. You know, they make up a huge chunk of my authentic five to seven Stanley Cup contenders. And I've really only got two in the East, and that's Florida and New York. Um, mm-hmm. Someone's going to be unhappy in in the West, and I understand it. But why can't this Canucks team, with all the pieces that they've assembled, go toe-to-toe with Vegas or Edmonton to try and get out of that Pacific side of the bracket? You got one all more, right, Patrick? I'm going to name you the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. They've made the deals, some some awfully, awfully uh, good deals, big deals. What do they need? Will they add anything? Would you add anything to that team? And, and if so, what would it be? I think in, in Vancouver, they, they could probably use one additional defenseman. They've gotten some great work this year out of Noah Juleson. 
But I think one mm-hmm. of the big things and one of the big reasons why I've been a believer in the Canucks this year is they changed out half of their defense core last year. And just look at the change in the standings between East and West. Vancouver adds three defensemen. They shoot to the top of the standings. New Jersey, they say goodbye to Damon Severson and Ryan Graves, plus Dougie Hamilton goes down. They lose three defensemen. All of a sudden, they're a team that is fighting for their playoff lives after a lot of people thought that Devils team would be on the upswing. Um, I think the more you can get away from using um, NHL replacement-level defensemen, and, and with all due respect to the Wild, I think you know it's probably fair to say that they've got a couple of them in their lineup at this exact moment in time. And to your point, that may be why um, you know some aren't believers in this team. I would say bringing it back to Vancouver just to get one more guy in case of injury, in case of insurance, to really solidify that back end, that's where I'd be looking. And, man, it would make so much sense to have someone that you're already really comfortable with and is comfortable with your market in Chris Tanev. Um, I think that would be a nice element, but it's a, it's a nice to have, not a need to have, if that makes any sense. We've taken up 20 minutes of your time, so that's enough. We'll let you get back to your Saturday. Uh, I gotta let you go on this note, though, because I know he's listening. Michael Russo of The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. Frank Saravalli, if you could sum up Michael Russo in one word, what would it be? Relentless. That's a good word. <laughs> that's a pretty good word, Frank. I like that. Relentless. In a lot of different ways. Uh, no one covers a team in the <laughs> NHL like Michael Russo. The Twin Cities are lucky to have someone like him bringing his hockey uh, reporting and knowledge to to the fans, and um, you know, just don't tell them I said that. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to take a shot, and instead you you throw bouquets his direction. But hey, I, I definitely it's, it's it's hard. Like honestly, it's hard to. I I just know half the time from a Minnesota perspective. Like as much as I'm always digging for info and intel around the league, like half the time I go, I'm a one man band here. I don't have any teammates. I don't have anyone else that's helping me out. So. Should I really be directing my energy, effort, and resources into trying to get Minnesota Wild scoops when you know Russo is already hot on the trail? Amen to that. Hey, Frank, thanks for doing this. Uh, it was a cold call out of the blue. I appreciate you taking time for myself, Pat Micheletti, and the listeners here in Minnesota. Good luck with everything you got going on only with yourself, with your website, with every podcast you do as well. Uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time, though, here on a Saturday morning. And let's do it again, Frank. For sure. Sounds good. Anytime. My pleasure, guys. Have a good weekend. There you go, Frank Saravalli. Again, Patrick, I I don't need to tell you, and I don't think I need to tell the bulk of the listeners out there, but if you don't know the name Frank Saravalli, you probably should. Follow him on Twitter, Frank underscore Saravalli, dailyfaceoff.com. I use it all the time. I go there to look for uh, the starting goaltenders. You look at the line combinations. They've got it all right there on their website. But he's also a newsbreaker. And when you want the latest on what's going on in the NHL, chances are Frank Saravalli is going to be at the front of the pack. Yeah, and he's never one to just throw something out there. He he's got some pretty darn good sources. Works works extremely hard at, at what he does. And um, yeah, I would uh, certainly recommend following him. Disappointed though, I, I I threw up the softball. I thought he'd knock it out of the park. A chance to take a shot at Russo, and he didn't didn't take me up on it. Uh, he, uh, he doesn't need to because he knows that you're right here <laughs> to do it. Right. That's it. I mean, now sure. now you're gonna. I I think you got a new nickname for uh, for our. For our friend from the uh, athletics, uh, Michael Russo, I think um, relentless um, 
Yeah. But you you got to come up with something. He's yeah. relentless, all right. Um, but this is what I'm going to take away from that conversation. At 11.10 a.m. on February 24th, 2024, Frank Saravalli, direct quote, Wild are in the driver's seat for a final eight spot in the Western Conference. And that just, that you didn't like to hear that because that is exactly what I've been telling I, you. I'd love to hear it. And I want. But you don't believe I it. I think you're, you're, um, not understanding what I'm saying, I, I I still think it's going to be awfully difficult, but I really hope that they do. And you know, um, just keep just keep winning, just keep winning. Don't look at the standings, just keep on getting points. Keep on getting points. Hopefully, they can do it tonight. A late one. They're in Seattle, taking on the crack in pregame at eight forty-five. Puck drops at nine. When are we going to get to JoJo's uh, breakaways? Hey, breakaways. Why don't we do that after a break? How's that sound? Sounds good. Brett Blakemore's Breakaways next station for hockey. Patrick, our long national nightmare is finally over. Can you guess what was delivered to me today, courtesy of my friend David Sinekin? I no, I I I I I'm lost. Help a, me. A box of my very own candles. Courtesy of my friends, the McNulty's. Hey, Kevin, exclamation point. We thought you'd enjoy your own set of candles. Enjoy. Be bold, brave, you and kind. You always the leftovers from, from Dan. and Not this time. What did Sinekin bring me? Anything? No. And this wasn't anything about that. They knew that Dan hoarded everything for himself. He threw me a little trinket, and the McNulty's felt bad. They they hooked me up, and now you I got my own candles. Not anymore. <laughs> so um, this is my piece. they've got this awesome website you can go check it out for yourself it's akindness.co check them out hey, online Ke- as well. kevin i like candles too so too bad. maybe you can share i will not time now for brett blakemore's breakaways it's time for brett blakemore's breakaways As much as I wait all weeks to all week to see Pat Micheletti's shining face, where did our music go, Kevin? It's here. You can't hear it. There it is. Well, not the. Not the. No. Well, then he's not feeding it to you. I can hear it. You the can. listeners can hear it. Should be able to hear it. Anyways, it's okay. playing. You ready? All right. Yes. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but a trend from the last handful of games, something that's concerning to me, and it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. The top line is doing probably 95% of the scoring these days. Okay. Uh, almost all of the 10 goals against Vancouver were from the top line. I think there was one from Rossi and one from Zuccarello on the power play, so even that's the top power play line. In my opinion, there's a lot of passengers on the bottom, really the bottom nine forwards there's a lot of passengers at least offensively who are not really con- i mean has freddie gaudreau been playing has he even been on the ice has jojo been on the ice there's a lot of guys that aren't really producing offensively uh is how much of a concern is this for you guys because to me going in the playoffs i need scoring death that's something the wild haven't had in a long time there's no doubt patrick they need help from everyone else on the line uh, on the roster that isn't the top line but right now they're riding a wave that they've gone six one and one in their last eight and the top line has been dominant not just good they've been dominant but of course you get into the playoffs the, the bottom six are going to be exposed but right now ride the wave well <clears throat> here's the deal kevin i i 
you know, if they can get just some help, that's going to alleviate a lot of pressure, and 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 what it's going to do for the for the teams that are defending them. You know, they they don't have to look every game at Minnesota and say, "Huh, stop that line, we win the game." Um, and so it would be real helpful if they got another line, um, at least contributing a little bit more. <clears throat> that would really help their their chances going forward. Every time the Wild run into a DeBoer coach team in the playoffs, they find a way to shut down the top line, and then that's it offensively for your Wild. So hopefully that uh, starts up. Speaking of which, though, I, I stumbled upon this. It is a cost per point chart for your Minnesota Wild. So every <laughs> dollar for every point, uh, a dollar per point, who is the cheapest, do you think? Uh, as far as dollar per point, they score the most points for the least amount of money. My guess would be Eric Sinek. My guess would be Brock. My guess would be Brock Faber. Mm. Uh, Pat, you are closer. Brock Faber is number two. Number one, Declan Chisholm. Jake Middleton. Still no. Um, and by the way, Eric Sinek's kind of in the middle of the pack as far as uh, dollars per point. Marco Rossi. None, oh, okay. The most value. Well, he's on a rookie contract. Well, so, I get that, yeah. but he's he's scored thirty three points, uh, twenty six thousand yeah. uh, one hundred sixty one dollars per point for Marco Rossi. Patrick, what does that stat tell Patrick, you, Patrick? For good reason, we've talked a lot about Brock Faber, but all of a sudden Rossi's got seventeen goals on the season, tied with Connor Bedard for the rookie goal lead. He's second, tied with Faber for the rookie point total. Uh, this has been a pretty decent season for Marco Rossi when a lot of people were ready to crumple him up, throw him in the trash after 19 games and just one assist last season. You know my feelings on him. I, 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 I'm not sold yet. Um, he played 17 goals, Patrick. Mostly top six minutes um, all season long and to have 33 points or whatever he has. Um, 17 goals and 33 I, you know, points in 60 games. Yep. Yep. But you're not yep, a believer. For a top six guy. Sorry. Okay. But anyway, um, but good for him. Uh, the lowest forward, if you were wondering, a regular forward who's played, uh, Freddie Gaudreau, he gets paid $190,000 per point. Okay. That is uh, not a lot of value there, the fan has learned. <laughs> uh, Felino's down there, too. It's also not his role, but go ahead. You should score points for your forward. Yeah, Sorry. I, I, um, I got you. Uh, Gus Bus, is he back? That's his role, is to save the puck and stop it from going in the net. 40-plus saves last night in Edmonton. Is Gus Bus back, or is this just uh, another up and down? Now we're in the up, and we're waiting for the down. Patrick, I know you only saw the third period, and if you're wondering how Philip Gustafson played, the third period was a pretty good indication. 23 yeah. saves on 24 shots. The entire game, 41 saves total. Um, the, the difference in goaltending last night was unbelievable. Pickard was awful. 15 saves total for him. The Wild took advantage of him. Meanwhile, Philip Gustafson shut down the likes of, well, I say shut down, McDavid and uh, Drysaddle still combined for four points in the uh, 4-2 loss, but Gustafson, without a doubt, the number one star of the game. Well, I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on the picker being awful. Um, pretty good goal scored by by Minnesota. Um, Gustafson bailed them out. That is the understatement of the <laughs> century in that third period. Um, I, I don't know what were the final shots in that third period, Kevin. It was twenty four. It was ridiculous. And, and Edmonton was toying with Minnesota and, and Gustafson saved the day. And and he no needed, question about he needed it. A Is response. he back? Is he back? I you know, I 
you know, I um, I I hope so. Um, you know, you, you're you're gonna need you're gonna need great goaltending down the stretch. So um, I hope he is. He needed a response because the last time we saw him was in that wacky game on Monday, President's Day, and yep. he gave up five goals in two periods, got yanked, and then in comes Mark Andre Fleury to help seal the victory in a just an incredible ten seven win for the Wild over the Vancouver Canucks. But Gustafson needed a response, and they got it last night. And for a guy that uh, you know, and especially that position, you need confidence if you're going to be between the pipes. And I. I no doubt. I'd hope no that a game like it. that would help him going forward. One more. Got time for no, one more? Yep. yep. So I got invited by a buddy to go to one of these section games today, but we're deciding which one to go to to make a cameo. Should we go to A, Eden Prairie versus Minnetonka, or B, Edina versus Benilde? I don't think you can go wrong with Aldridge, and I don't think you're going to drive up to Amsoil to see Pat's giving Blue Jackets <laughs> in action. But you can never go you wrong with, with it, Aldridge. <laughs> you can never go wrong with Aldridge. It's quarterfinal action, um, but there is great action. If you're looking for something within the radius of the St. Louis Park KFAN studios, you got plenty to choose from. But I think I might go to Aldridge and take in Halvey's White Bear Lake Bears. Um, you know what? Uh, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong because uh, these games and the the excitement, the bands, uh, you know, sold out facilities um you you can't go wrong you'll any game you choose will be a great game to 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 be at patrick let's uh, squeeze in a break you're not going anywhere you're gonna hang out with me for 20 more minutes we got least i I, I gotta run kevin i i i i I apologize i'll make it up to you but i really do have to run um so i hope you can take us home i can where do you have to be in the next 20 minutes that it just cannot wait are you going to lunch you got something in the microwave? What cannot wait another 20 minutes? I can't hear you. Oh, God. There you go. All right, Patrick. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, potentially in studio. This sounds great. Hey, fan line when? I'm told Thursday by the calendar. Uh, Brett says he and Max are not available, so it probably won't happen. So I don't know. If it does happen, it'll be Thursday after the Wild and Predators. You will let me know. <laughs> yes, I will. All right. Well, All right. get great to whatever job, you got to do. Yep. Thanks. The great Pat Nicoletti. He's, he doesn't have time, Brett. He has to be gone. He's got he, things to do. He ha- 11.37, he has to get out the door. So that's fine. We'll kick him out, out the side door. And when we continue, we're going to talk a little Minnesota PWHL. We got Minnesota royalty joining us on the other side of break. Lee Steckline. You're listening to Beyond the Pond. Stretch of Beyond the Pond for this Saturday in the state of hockey. Kevin Falness and Brett Blakemore taking you the rest of the way. Time to go to the Lions now and check in on the PWHL Minnesota. And one of their stars is Lee Stecklines. Lee, how's it going? Welcome to Beyond the Pond. Thanks for having me. Boy, you guys are having some fun, whether it's in St. Paul or wherever you're playing. I, we're watching you guys very closely, and the winds keep piling up. Right there at the top of the standings in the PWHL, how would you, uh, how would you characterize the maiden voyage of the PWHL Minnesota? I think it's been an awesome year. We've had, like you said, some great success early on. Uh, a lot of really close games, so ha- having to battle through uh, you know, a few tight ones, but the team has just been great. Obviously, so excited to be in Minnesota. Every home game is amazing. The fans have been awesome. Um, and just really excited the whole year. I think the whole league is doing awesome. But again, Minnesota in particular, 
uh, it's just been really special to see how the state is supporting us. Continues tomorrow as you host Boston at 3 o'clock. And then Tuesday, you got the Toronto squad coming into 3M Arena at Mariucci. We'll talk about that in a second because I know that's going to be a special matchup uh, going back to the U of M campus. But tomorrow against Boston, what are you up against? Uh, they're an awesome team, a, re- a very skilled team. Um, we've played them twice, both there, so excited to have them at home. Um, like I said, just something different about those home games. Um, and, yeah, it, it'll be a battle, but I think our team, we've been playing really well, definitely trying some different things, different combinations, uh, and I think really coming into our game and, and stride here. Great seats available for that one, minnesota.thepwhl.com. And then Tuesday uh, will be special as well. As mentioned, you got Toronto coming in, and you're going to host them at 3M Arena at Mariucci. I, I bet it'll be fun to be back on campus. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm very excited, obviously. Um, had a great experience at the Gophers and to get to go back there with quite a few other Gophers on our team as well. I think it's going to be a special experience. I'm really thankful that the, the U is hosting us. I don't think I've ever gotten to play a game at Mariucci either, so that'll be pretty special too. That'll be great, and I'm sure Brad Frost will be a interested observer. We have him on all the time here on Beyond the Pond throughout the course of the hockey season. Uh, what did Brad Frost do to set you up for success? Oh, uh, Brad Frost, an incredible coach. I was so, like I said, so grateful to have the experience that I had with the Gophers, and he was a huge part of it. So uh, I know that they're excited to have us back promoting the game, and the girls have already told me they're coming to watch. Oh, that'll be great. Again, good seats available. You want to go, go to thepwhl.com or you can check them out. The Minnesota direct website, minnesota.thepwhl.com. We're talking to Minnesota PWHL defenseman Lee Steckline, six points through 12 games, tied for third on the team in scoring. I also note that you're representing the Minnesota in the PWHL Players Association. That sounds like a lot of fun. What does that entail? What do you have to do to be the uh, player representative there? Yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful to be representing our team. Uh, it's really important for each team to have a player uh, with a voice that we can all come together, um, Team, uh, each team to come together and figure out how things are going. Like you said, it's our first season. We want to make sure that the players' voices are being heard. Um, being able to bring whatever we need to bring forward to the league who have been awesome at working with us to make sure the experience and is a professional one and that we're moving in the right direction. So um, we obviously have a, a ton of great leaders on the team. Everyone is, is working together to figure out what we need to be changing and doing, uh, whether it's this year or the next year. So, um, it's been a good start so far. The league in general seems very healthy. I, I heard Barrero talk to one of the guys that, that helped found the league and helped fund the league as well. And the passion that they talk about in keeping this league going in all these big cities. And it's basically six all-star teams. When you guys look at, at everybody that's on these rosters, uh, it's, it's a heavyweight battle each and every night that you guys go toe to toe. Yeah, to every team. Uh, every team is skilled and fast and uh, getting the chance to be training together and practicing together. The the product hopefully on the ice continues to improve. Um, but yeah, every game is a close game. I swear every time I'm watching a team, it's going to overtime or, you know, it's a one goal game with a pulled goalie at the end and a battle to the end. So uh, it's what we expected, and it's it's been exactly what we've expected so far. I look on your roster, and some familiar names, including Kelly Panic. I know she's a great hockey player, not great at program password. Did you hear how, how her and Lil B performed yesterday on uh, the fan against Common Man? No. 
No, I didn't. She lost. (laughs) Spoiler, if you're going to go back and podcast it, she lost. And unfortunately, (laughs) Joe Anderson, Captain Fun there, and uh, Dan Cole got the victory. So there you got some arsenal there if you want to give her some some, some Uh, crap at at the rink. I'll have to ask her about that. She hates losing. <laughs> well, I know you said playing at XL Energy Center has been awesome. I also spent a lot of time over at Trier Rink in St. Paul, and you guys uh, use that as your practice facility. What have you thought about uh, that as, as a place to, to get ready for a, a game? Uh, Tria has been awesome. The way the whole staff um, at Tria, the wild staff, have made sure that we have everything we need. Um, it's been a great experience um, just being able to, to, to be the, at uh, Tria for practices and then moving right over to the X. Uh, it, it's been the perfect setup. So happy to be there. Um, the ice is awesome. Uh, and we get to see a bunch of people there for, you know, whether it's wild practices or ours, it, it's been a good spot. I talk about Minnesota royalty. We're talking to Lee Steckline. High school hockey at Roseville with the Raiders. And, of course, the Girls State High School Hockey Tournament is happening in St. Paul as we speak. You guys will be there tomorrow against Boston. But as we speak, the Class A tournament happening uh, later on today. Warroad will take on Dodge County at 4. Edina will face Hill Murray in the double-A action at 7 o'clock. Uh, girls high school hockey. How has youth hockey on the girls level evolved, uh, even in the time that that you've been around since your days back in Roseville and before as a as a youth hockey player. Yeah, I, I, I love seeing the growth of the, the high school hockey. Obviously, I think Minnesota has always had a really great setup, but when I'm watching the games, the, the skill level and the depth of each team, I think, has grown so much, you know, just in those last few years even. So really exciting to watch those teams. Um, fond memories for sure, but excited to see who wins today. Should be a blast. Hey, Lee, thanks for doing this. Good luck the rest of the season. Good luck this week. couple of big matchups at XL Energy Center and then on Tuesday on the U of M campus. You know, we'll be watching. Thank you so much. There we go. Lee Steckline, defenseman for the PWHL Minnesota. Did I get that wrong, Brett? I'm being told on the text line that uh, that uh, Panic and Lil B actually beat Common Man and Mr. Fun. Did I get that wrong? I, was... I listened to it. I thought for sure they lost. Well, now I'm doubting myself. I got to think of how it ended. Uh, regardless, uh, pretty fun uh, story there going you were on. You're just ready to rip. That's fun. I was. I was setting it up. I thought for sure that, that they were listening and any opportunity to rip a teammate, that's part of the fun about being on a team, right? You get a chance to, to rip each other, and, and that's what you do. The Wild, back on the ice tonight. Uh, I know how Patrick feels about their chances to scramble into the top eight. He doesn't like them, even though Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff says they're in the driver's seat, which might be a little far-fetched because they do have some ground to make up. But how do you feel going into the final stretch here, including tonight's uh, game in Seattle? Do you feel like they, uh, in fact, are, quote-unquote, in the driver's seat? Oh, real quick, uh, Lil B and Kelly did win. Ah, dang it. Yeah, I'm so, sorry, then. Yeah. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry, Lil B. I wasn't trying to throw you out there. I, I, I heard it wrong. I, I remembered wrong. Yeah, I, mean, I was show prepping Barrero during that, so I'll, that's my excuse. Okay. Um, I thought it, it it's weird that he said that everyone is in, that the Wilder in the driver's seat and that everyone around them is going to sell. But the Wild don't have anything to sell, therefore they're not going to sell. It, it, to me, that seems like like contradicting statements. We're in the driver's seat, the, the Wild are going to keep getting better, yet they're not good enough to sell anything anyways, so let's just move on with it. That that seems to me like two separate talking points. I the driver's seat I think is a little extreme. Is it possible? Absolutely. Two points in 
what is it, 20-some games left? It's absolutely possible. There's just a lot of teams fighting for it, and I think one of them is probably going to at least stick around for that. I just, the driver's seat, I think, is a little too far. Do I hope it happens? Sure. I think that 0-7 against Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas still keeps me up at night. Yeah. Not literally, yeah. but metaphorically. Yeah, I mean, they, they faced off uh, against Winnipeg and Dallas at the absolute rock. And, and again, I'm not taking any away from those two teams. They're very good. But they face them on those back-to-back home-and-homes at the absolute worst possible time yeah. of the season. When the Wild were going through that, that glut of injuries, now they're healthy. Um, still, they lost 6-3 the other night in Winnipeg, despite a pretty healthy lineup. Uh, they lost Zach Bogosian. That's a big loss. I, I, don't, I know Bogosian's had his detractors, especially early on here. I don't know that anyone could be against Zach Bogosian and what he's done for this team here, especially uh, coming down the stretch. He's been fantastic. And that's a big body that's definitely missed, along with Felino, along with Patrick Maroon. So the Wild will go in again shorthanded tonight against the Seattle Kraken. We'll see what they can do. Um, it should be a, it'll be a late one. You going to bed early again tonight? Um, not quite as early of a wake up call for Sunday's shows as it is for Saturday's shows. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll stay up and, and watch most of it. See what happens. It's a weird weekend where the Gopher men's team is off, and uh, that's I'm sure part of the angst here for Pat Micheletti as he goes to call the uh, August Anna game. They're taking on Alaska Anchorage, so it, it's just unbelievable. He had to leave 17 minutes early because <laughs> what is he going to get a jump on? The game's not till six o'clock tonight. What is uh, uh, such a pressing matter? I I think right Kevin Gorg called him. <laughs> so, is they're going to go do another podcast yeah, maybe. together? Very possible. Well, it should be uh, it should be a good night. Uh, again, pregame at eight forty five. Puck drops just after nine o'clock. Wild taking on the Seattle Kraken. Wild six one and one in their last eight overall. That's thirteen out of a possible sixteen points. Go back even further. Nine three and one in their last thirteen. That's nineteen out of a possible twenty six points. Uh, I said going into this week, Brett, if they could grab 50% of the points in those four games, if they could grab four out of a possible eight points, I'd be happy with that, considering you're taking on the number one team in the National Hockey League in the Vancouver Canucks and then going to Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Seattle. Four out of eight wouldn't have been so bad. And here they have the opportunity. They've already got six, uh, four points out of six in the first three games. Chance to do some real big damage tonight if they can go into Climate Pledge Arena and deal a blow to the playoff hopes of the Seattle Kraken. We'll see if they can get it done. Brett, great job as always, Thank even you. with the breakaways. Thank you. Always, I love to- doing the breakaways. I know you do, and we always love to hear them. It's always a, a fun journey to see where you're going to take us. <laughs> and it, this week was no different. Thanks to all our guests, including Frank Saravalli. Great job uh, that he does there on Daily Faceoff. Check out his fine work and enjoy your hockey. Whether it's on the NHL, college, or high school stage, or even youth, have a great day of hockey across the great state of hockey. And thanks for checking us out on PR.